Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Thanks for joining us today here on America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula at America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker and Scott Kirshner and myself. My name is Chris Spawn. Here's how you reach out, 419-794-3030. It's 419-794-3030 online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. On today's show, we're going to talk about how America's Retirement Headquarters is helping save veterans and how you can get involved. And if you're over the age of 72 and donate to a charity, do you know this one simple strategy that can help you save money on taxes and make a bigger impact on the causes that are important to you. Uh, and we're also going to dive into the real estate market and get an update from John Mangus, the co-owner of Remax Preferred, all this and more. But first, let me uh, check in with the guys. Uh, Nolan, welcome back. Uh, Scott, glad to be with you guys as always. How we doing? Doing good. Yeah, it's good to be back. Just got back a couple days. Uh, spent a couple weeks down in Florida. Beautiful weather. Uh, it's nice to spend some time down there. It's nice to get back. I'm going to be here for a couple of days and then I'm uh, taking back off, actually flying uh, next week to uh, open uh, our new office in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. So that'll be cool. And then uh, going back down to our Florida office again. So kind of traveling around, but it is good to be in the hot seat and great to be here with everybody. And thanks for tuning in. Yeah, great to have you back, Nolan. It's uh, been kind of lonely sitting here by myself, <laughs> but uh, no, it's good to have you back. I appreciate it. And Glad you had safe travels and fun with the family and the business as well. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, spending, you know, what sounds amounts to basically a layover here before you head back on the road again. Right. So uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and dive right in. You know, we know the real estate market is smoking hot again. And as a comprehensive firm, you guys are probably getting a lot of questions from clients about how they can reap from that, how they can benefit from the current trend. So what are some of the ways that uh, you're telling people that you can help? Yeah, absolutely. There's a, quite a few different things that we can do, you know, from an investment perspective, obviously give a, a lot of advice. Today, we're going to be talking about people who own their own private real estate. Uh, we've got John who'll give us some insights into the local market. But, you know, even in investments in the investment world, there's quite a few different uh, what's called real estate investment trust that are out there. There's both private and public REITs that people can invest into. You know, some of the positives of those are they're for folks that are looking to generate income. So you can, you know, have a way to get some predictable income for that. Uh, a lot of the retirees that we work with like to have predictable income in retirement time. And of course, you know, we've seen the appreciation that's happened over the last couple of years. So those appreciation prices are also in some of the investments that you can invest into too. And then it helps with uh, diversification, you know, so we've been talking toward the last couple of months about the market. It's been a little bit more volatile so far this year, and people are looking for uh, some alternatives to try to reduce volatility. So it can be a good option. Something else that we also deal with is uh, somebody who has, you know, maybe highly appreciated assets, maybe a, a business building. Like our building here, if you've ever seen our headquarters, is about a 21,000 square foot complex. And I purchased this building back in 2008, the last time we had the real estate kind of meltdown. So it was a really good time. And I'm not looking to sell anytime soon, but a strategy would be a 1031 exchange. Uh, it's a way to sell your property and maybe move it into something called a triple net lease property to have less day-to-day -day headaches and be able to generate income. So if there's any business owners that are out there that have, you know, highly appreciated real estate, it's also an area that we can help kind of give you some guidance on and, and talk to you about. More so, I think what we oftentimes see when we're working with retail clients is they come in and they ask the question about moving into retirement and they're asking about, you know, do I pay off my mortgage by taking money out of my investment accounts? And I think a lot of times it, it can make sense. I think for the most part, we like to see retirees be debt-free when they move into retirement time. And especially if they don't have a big balance outstanding on their mortgage, it can help free up a lot of cash flow by not uh, having that monthly mortgage payments. So those are some different things to look at. And I know before we jumped on the show, we were talking talking a little bit about the local real estate market between the three of us. I live over in Waterville, so Scott and I uh, both live in the same subdivision at Fallen Timbers, and I've been in my house for about 15 years now, 
and some of the neighbors, they were just passing along the message sure. I heard yesterday and what they sold their house for. And it is just uh, substantial, uh, you know, the, with the appreciation that we've seen here in Northwest Ohio. So what a great timely topic to be talking about the local market and how it's impacting people in such a positive way. But also, you know, going to be talking about some of the maybe traps or pitfalls to kind of watch out for. We've had a lot of conversations, Chris, like you've mentioned, as people have been calling in. So the common question that we oftentimes hear is, hey, I've got a two-story, five-bedroom house. The kids are now grown and moved away, and we don't necessarily need such a big house. What do we do now? Sometimes people, as they get uh, a little bit older, maybe they want to have a a one-level house, maybe make the house a little bit more accessible so they can help maintain control and independence and retirement time. And these are all the topics that I think are are very important why to stay tuned to today's show. But John, I'd say maybe I'll jump right in and kind of ask you, what are you seeing like in the trends in the local market here with the real estate? So the the real estate market is is uber hot. I think most people know that. And by the way, it's not just in Northwest Ohio. I mean, most markets across the United States are having record uh, appreciation and lower inventory than, and by inventory, I mean number of homes available for sale than we've historically seen. To provide some uh, Northwest Ohio context to that post-recession, so let's just say maybe uh, 2014 to 2016, mm-hmm. our local multiple listing service would have, oh, anywhere from 3,000 to 5,500 homes on the market. And uh, before I came here today, I looked and there were 567 wow. homes on the market. So we're, we're looking at really 10% of the number of homes available for people to purchase than we had you know, just a really reasonably short period of time ago. I wonder, so maybe you know, I don't know if you know this number or not, but are there still a large number of homes coming on the market and being sold so rapidly? I know in our subdivision, Nolan, we'll see a, a sign coming soon and then the for sale sign's yeah. gone because it never, it's gobbled up so quick. Yeah. So John, would, would you say that there's not as many homes in inventory right now, but are there still a lot of homes being put up for sale and being sold rapidly? You hit the nail on the head. They are being sold rapidly. Okay. The number of sales for Q1 2022 were off by about 7% compared to the same period the previous year. Mm-hmm. But the reason for that goes back to sort of what we were talking about off air. Where do people go next? Right. And if you don't have a plan, you know, there was a time when, and I think we probably have all talked to people who said, well, we're going to just put our house on the market and see what happens. Well, that's not a strategy right now. <laughs> no, no, no. I've told some friends, don't put your house on the market unless you're ready to yeah, sell. You better have a plan. Right. And if that plan is going to your lake house at Devil's Lake, or if that plan is moving in with the in-laws, or if that plan is going into a duplex that you've owned for years and one side's empty, that's great. But if your plan is to put it on the market and then go find a house that meets your needs, there's going to be some issues there. And by issues, I mean stress. Yeah, definitely don't want stress in that situation, I would say, you know, for sure. So if there's a plan in place, which is, you know, literally what we talk about when it comes to retirement planning, you know, always have a plan in place. You don't just show up one day and say, hey, I'm retiring right. and now what? You know, sometimes people come into the office and they say, you know, I just retired a month ago and tell me if I'm going to be okay, right? right? So it can be uh, very stressful when you do that. A lot of the people, like I had a conversation earlier today uh, with some clients that are uh, purchasing a, a new house and they're that typical generation getting closer to retirement retirement time. And so it's been so long since, you know, they've been through a real estate transaction. So to avoid some of that stress, I'd say, you know, what are some of the pointers that you're telling people that are considering looking at, you know, either buying or selling? So on the buy side is so challenging right now. We're seeing it and I, it's going to sound like I'm exaggerating, but we're sometimes seeing as many as 25 to 35 offers on a property. Wow. But it goes back to that supply and demand thing. Sure. You know, with the limited number of homes available on the market, uh, we still have a lot of supply. And it's really been sort of an interesting, sort of a change in the industry. One of the changes that is so significant, and we'd never really seen this, at least in our market, is time and time again, we're seeing hypothetically like millennials coming in and buying you know, your house or your house or my house, and they're writing a cash offer, and they're getting the cash from mom and dad, closing okay. on the property, and, and sometimes you have to pay cash to prevail in a multiple offer situation today, right guys? Sure. So you've got mom and dad funding a cash purchase, and then after they close, they're getting the mortgage on the back end. I don't think we've seen that in our market very often up to now. 
No, that is true. Um, and it's actually that exact scenario, the couple I was just talking about. So they were calling because what they were trying to figure out was how to come up with the cash to be able to make that purchase. Sure. And so, you know, one of the things that I shared with them is they didn't realize that there are some ways that you can take money from a retirement account and you have 60 days in order to put that money back and you can do that one time per year as a strategy because what they were concerned about is they didn't think that the bank was going to be able to get their financing put in order exactly like what you talked about. So for those of you, if you are looking at that cash situation and you have retirement accounts, again, it's something you could talk to your accountant about, uh, but there is a 60-day rollback rule that uh, could potentially allow you to take some money out and then ultimately use that to uh, solve that cash issue. Um, again, it's something before you do that, you want to know how the rules work because you don't want to get stuck in a tax situation either to make sure that you're, you're getting prepared. So that's even the scenario. We have a Facebook group for our neighborhood. Yes. And, you know, there's always a good lot of comical uh, <laughs> uh, posts on there about there somebody are. leaving their trash can out or, or things like that. But I don't know if you noticed the one post that was on a couple of weeks ago. So one of the neighbors uh, recently moved moved uh, out of state. And so he had put a post on Facebook that said his house was going to be listed for sale. And they were going to uh, accept and review all offers that came in this week and make a decision on who they wanted to sell their house to on Sunday. So that's what you're talking about, you know, the multiple offers. I've even seen on our Facebook page, hey, if anybody is considering... Right, right. Yeah. selling your house, please let us know right. first. Yeah, you know, it's crazy when you actually have people out there asking, are you going to sell... Right. Because I'm interested in buying your house. Right. You know, John, are you seeing that when a sale is is made today, is it a pretty rapid closing? I mean, are we doing 30 days and you're out and the yeah. next ones are in? Yeah, 30 day closings are very normal at the moment, especially when there's a local lender and a local title company involved. Sure. They have it down to a science. You know, sometimes there's extenuating circumstances. If there's you know someone transferring in or a third party relocation company mm -hmm. involved, sometimes that can slow the process down. But right now, you know, there, there's not really a backlog in the title and financing industry. As you guys know better than anyone, interest rates have crept up a bit in the yep. last 90 days. And, you know, that's taken some buyers out of the market. So that, that's sort of the uh, change in the continuum that we're dealing with right now. So would you anticipate with the interest rates creeping up? I, I mean, to me, a simple thinker would think, okay, the interest rates are creeping up. Some of these buyers are coming out. Right. That would turn increase the number of homes that are out there for sale and maybe get a more qualified buyer and you might be able to buy a home uh, instead of 30,000 over asking maybe 10,000 over asking so you know it's always dangerous to generalize but I'm going to do that for a minute sure you know with interest rates creeping up the piece of the market that that's impacting the most at least impacting the most and first are the first time buyers who are typically sure you know, FHA or, um, you know, low down payment buyers. Mm -hmm. And it's impacting those folks immediately. And the flip side is they're also the ones that weren't having a lot of success in the marketplace up to this point anyway. Again, it's hard to compete with the cash buyer who gets right. the, the, the buyer who gets the cash from mom and dad to pay cash. That's a really, like, I've known him a long time, not you so much, but sure. my parents didn't pay for my first house no. <laughs> and allowed me to pay them back for it later. I suspect that wasn't the case no, for you either. No, that was not the case. Was, wasn't the case for me. boy, Archibald boy. Uh, Brian, Ohio. Brian, Ohio, that's so, right. So just west yeah, of there a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I can remember my first house that I bought was over on Hoyles Avenue yeah. uh, back when I moved to Toledo. It was, you know, at the time a great first house for our family. I bought a duplex uh, and we lived in half and rented the other half out. Somebody paid half our mortgage. Right. I remember high five in my wife because we had got a 6.75% interest rate on that house. Right. Because our parents had right. told us about sure. the stories of the 10 or 14% right. days. Absolutely. And, you know, as John's pointed out, I've known John for, you know, 20 plus years and I've worked with Remax preferred personally on uh, the purchases and sales of, of houses over the years. We're on our third house now. After the refis and the rates, I also work with Liz Terwilliger, one of our mortgage brokers that we all have a great relationship to. I, I kind of felt like I got cheated at one point because my mortgage is only at uh, like 3%. And I think for a moment of time, it dropped even like the two and a half. And so we've seen those rates come down and now we've seen the rates start to trickle up and we'll see kind of, I guess, what impact that does have. And I tend to agree with you though, if you have a lot of these people that have large equities in their house or cash buyers, the interest rates may not have impact that generation as much as they could the first 
first-time home buyers. The house, I ended up buying it for $60,000, uh, lived in it for several years, and then, again, somebody paid the mortgage because it was a duplex, and I sold it for uh, $90,000 through one of your, your real estate agents, Mike Krause at Remax Preferred. And Mike Krause. It worked out really good. <laughs> Another great guy that I've known for a long, yeah, time. long time. Well, you know, we bought our last house five years ago. And prior to that, it had been 20 years. And just five years ago, it was like a total drastic change in how the whole process took yeah. place. And I can only imagine today, five years later, yeah. especially with like what we were talking, Nolan and John, about the older people that have been in a house for 30 years. Right. You know, and now they're contemplating selling that home and maybe downsizing into something else. I mean, for them, this has to be a complete, overwhelming, stressful situation for them. You know, you make such a great point, particularly some of the older clientele. Yeah, their house comes on the market. They get inundated with showings. Sure. Now we've got, for the sake of argument, 20 offers. And just sorting through all those offers, but then like explaining to the seller which one is the most attractive, which one has this or that, you know, and there's, you know, there are appraisal gaps, there are mm -hmm. inspection waivers, you know, there are things happening in the marketplace like I've never seen before. And I'm not confident that they're all necessarily good for the buyer, the seller, or, you know, the state of the industry, mm -hmm. but you know, none of us get to make consumer rules, right? That we have to respond to what's happening in the market even when we don't necessarily like it sometimes. Right. Right. So a big takeaway, you know, a buyer needs to be prepared well in advance with their financials, either through a approval process or cash. They also need to have a good idea as far as where their next location is going to go and have that kind of mapped out. When you're talking on the seller side, so the second house that I owned here in Toledo is over by uh, what I still consider Franklin Park Mall. But sure. that house, uh, when I went to sell that house, you know, I also work with Remax Preferred to have that house sold. There was some advice that was given as far as changing carpets, redoing some of the concrete work, you know, staging the house, so to say. And I wonder, what are the trends today? So, are, you know, if somebody's going to look to sell their house, do they still need to go through some of those things? Or because there's so many offers that are out there right now, is that something that people don't necessarily need to put money towards? Or what's the best way a seller gets prepared to get the maximum value for their property. So I like to think of it this way. If you were in the staging business right now, if your job was to be a stager mm -hmm. in Toledo, Ohio, you'd probably be on unemployment right now because that need just isn't there right now. Sure. However, that said, when you're getting ready to market a property, it still makes sense to have that property in its best possible light. So if it means having the furnace cleaned, if it means having the broken concrete on the front sidewalk repaired, it's great to get ahead of some of those things because what oftentimes happens, especially when you have a buyer paying over list price in a competitive market, they get this thing called buyer's remorse. Sure. So now we got it under contract, we paid 25,000 over list, now we have the inspection process and maybe it costs $1,200 to fix that broken sidewalk, but in their mind, that's a $5,000 sidewalk and I want a $5,000 credit. Right. Do you kind of follow the, Absolutely. the line of thinking that goes with that? So getting ahead of those things just makes sense. You know, so I used to sell home and auto insurance and most of the time when I sold home and auto, I'd go out to the house. Right. And I've kind of migrated away from that. And there were some houses that I would enter that should have been condemned. Yes. So when my wife and I were looking for our last house, we went through a couple of houses and we walked in and walked out right. and it's like, how can you even consider showing this? I mean, there were clothes all over yeah. the place. I mean, it was complete disarray in that house. And I guess as a realtor, at some point you have to say, uh, I'm sorry, but this isn't even presentable. You need to do something. I'm well, laughing because we've all been in that house. Oh, shit. Exactly. <laughs> it has a different address, but we've all, yeah, been, right. like, we've all been in that same house. Yeah. You know, sometimes that happens when there's a tenant in the property. Sometimes mm -hmm. it happens when, you know, there's someone with a you know, disability. Sometimes there's someone there that just plain old doesn't care. Right. And you have to make a business decision at that point if that's something you even want to get involved with. Sure. It's crazy to see that kind of stuff, but yeah. it's out there. What are some of the pointers I'd say that you give to the adult children? So, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, mom or dad, and maybe they're going into an assisted living facility, or maybe mom and dad have passed away, right. and now the kids are working towards selling that to settle the estate. What are, you know, some of the, the mistakes or what are some of the tips that you would suggest for people that are looking to help mom and dad out with their house? Sure. So in that scenario, when, you know, we've got the house that needs to go to the market, Oftentimes, just getting it ready is such a, 
a huge psychological barrier for the heirs of the estate. You know, there's 40 years worth of books. There's the, you know, the whatever on the wall that was a Christmas gift in, in 1983, you know, encouraging them to do the best they can to get past all of the sentimental things and just, you know, get ready to box, organize. You know, sometimes it's not getting the entire place ready all at once. Maybe it's the front couple rooms, you know, boxing, organizing, if there's paint to be neutralized or, you know, the flock uh, you know, wallpaper needs to come down. Sure. Sometimes those things just have to happen. But there's a lot of, if you will, hand-holding that goes into that process. It's a really tough stage for a lot of heirs. Well, Nolan, you must have been uh, reading my mind on that one there. So far, the show has talked about a five-story house and downsizing. That's me. And the other one is exactly what you just mentioned. You know, mom's in the hospital again. She's been in the hospital three times this year. We're sending her to rehab tomorrow. And I said, Mom... It might be time to start thinking about this. And, uh, you know, she has a home and it's been, you know, we renovated it probably 10, 12 years ago, but it needs windows and it needs a roof. And it's like what Nolan said, are those things that we should be looking at maybe taking care of? But like you said, John, this is going to be an emotional process. And um, not for the weak at heart at all, because uh, the last thing mom wants to do is leave her home. And uh, we're having that conversation right now, and it's tough to think about it, and it's tough to deal with. Yeah, and don't forget my boat's still out in the barn. I know. (laughs) That's right. I need to make sure I get that back. Hey, when we sell, everything goes, except the boat. So we're talking real estate uh, today, talking about uh, the local market, kind of what's happening, and uh, we're talking here with John Mangus from REMAX Preferred. If you've got questions, you can always reach out to us, but if you want to get a hold of John Mangus directly, you can call REMAX Preferred at 419-720-5600 is how you can get your questions answered. So whether, again, you're a first-time home buyer, whether you're looking for that five-bedroom to downsize from, or whether you, you know, are trying to help out with mom or dad's situation or help settle the estate, uh, I've personally worked with them for a long time. They can give you some great advice and guidance and help kind of steer you through with all of the great uh, real estate agents that they have there through REMAX. Looking at some other things, too, I guess, where it's like people ask me, you know, Nolan, what do you think the stock market's going to do? I'm always willing to give my opinion, but at the end of the day, the market doesn't care what my opinion is. But if I ask you that, you know, what would you think that you would see for the trends maybe over the next six to 12 months in the local real estate market? So kind of what you just said, these are my opinions. I read a ton from our our national association. You know, there are some important uh you know, deep thinkers that I follow. And then I try and overlay that information with what I'm seeing here locally. So let me dive in with that. We have, you know, this big group called baby boomers out there, right? Mm -hmm. The problem with baby boomers is the older baby boomers are at a very different place in life than the younger baby boomers, right? So, you know, where the older baby boomers are, a lot of them are still very active. They're still very involved with the community. They're riding bikes, they're playing tennis, they're golfing. Whereas perhaps their parents' generation at that same stage, they were downsizing and they were getting out of the two-story and they were already you know, moving on to that next place. We're not seeing that happening quite so much right now. So the baby boomers and that demographic is really different than mm-hmm. the previous generation at that same stage. You know, we've got the Generation Xers. Uh, that's probably you guys. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Are you, you're a Generation Xer, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. All I'm right. Not. You're not. All right. I'm a boomer. All right. Oh, I didn't know that. All right. <laughs> so, you know, and, you know, Xers make up a smaller piece of the demographic, but then, you know, there's those millennials. So if you look at boomers and you look at Xers, somewhere between 68 and 73% of them all own homes. But when you look at the millennials, it's on the low 30s, like 34% wow. have bought homes. So they're going to continue to drive the market for a long while. And what really needs to happen is back to the baby boomers. The older boomers need to, to like start letting go of their big house sure. so that the millennials can buy them. And we're not seeing that happen partially because of the impact that the Great Recession had on new construction. The number of builders, the number of building permits in mm-hmm. Northwest Ohio has never recovered post Great Recession. So we're not seeing nearly the number of new homes being brought to the market. By the way, Gen Z are buying homes in their early 20s. Uh, which is a complete different dynamic than the millennials, I might add. 
Well, I know we're uh, quickly coming up on a break here, but before we do that, uh, you know, part of our show is, is called Committed to the 419, and we, we really love to focus on nonprofits and businesses that are focused on doing good things in our community in the 419. And as we kind of wrap up this segment of the show, John, I want to talk a little bit about your 20-year commitment that you guys have done with your event called Cinco de Mayo. And I know a lot of the people listening uh, have an opportunity to be able to come out to that Cinco de Mayo event. So why don't you give us some of the details about what you're doing with the Children's Miracle Network and Susan? G. Komen. Awesome. Yeah, this is our 20th year, like you said. We're super proud of that. Uh, we've had so much fun along the way. This year it's at Reset in Rossford, Perrysburg Township. Uh, we have a live band out of Cleveland called Tricky Dick coming in. Uh, silent auction, live auction. Uh, we even have a, a six-month lease on a Mercedes-Benz from Coppice Motors down in Chiffin, Ohio. Oh, wow. A little bit of everything. It's a great, great event. What I'm super proud of is all of the dollars stay local. We earmark every dollar that we raise to go right back into our community here. So to punctuate that, we're not sending it to Children's Miracle Network's home office or the Susan B. Coleman home office. It stays right here with the local chapters. And this year will be the year that we push over the half million dollar mark in wow. proceeds. So Good I'm for you. so proud of that. Absolutely. That's awesome. So since I'm with the retirement guys, I've always said that I can't retire until we hit the million dollar mark with that. So I got a ways to go yet. It's good. Good to make an impact. I, you know, it makes a difference right here locally. So we you know, appreciate businesses and companies like you that are committed to the 419. So if people wanted to get tickets to that event or they wanted to sign up for the event, would uh, the best way to just call the office? Just call the office 419-720-5600. Uh, Teresa will answer the phone and she'll be glad to get you whatever you need, whether you want to buy a ticket or buy a raffle ticket for the Mercedes. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun in the dollar stay local. Uh, we're just proud to do it. Awesome. I appreciate you taking some time to join us here on our show and, uh, you know, share a little bit of an insights about the local real estate market and kind of what the hot trends are and, you know, a couple of pointers on how to get prepared for whether you're a buyer or a seller and, you know, a couple of the dangers and pitfalls to watch out for. But again, if uh, you have an interest, it's worth a phone call to have a conversation to talk about how it applies to your unique situation. And uh, again, you can get a hold of Remax by giving them a call at 419-720-5600. So again, thanks so much, John. It was uh, good to have you on the show. My pleasure. Thank you. Remax Preferred and America's Retirement Headquarters definitely committed to the 419 if you have questions about some of the strategies that uh, Nolan was talking about earlier uh, or anything about retirement. Give a call to the number 419-794-3030. You can find them online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Now, Nolan, I know one of the areas that uh, your company, that America's Retirement Headquarters, is very passionate about is helping veterans as a veteran-owned business. And I know that there are people out there, including myself, that love to support those who have served our country. So if you don't mind, could you tell us a little bit about what you learned during your time of service and how that can help an investor? Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people, if you've been following the show for a while, maybe you've heard my story. Uh, I grew up in Bryan, Ohio, and two days after graduation, I uh, went and jumped on a bus with a good friend of mine named Pete. And uh, Pete and I went and joined the United States Marine Corps. And I, I tell people that Paris Island sounded like a nice summer tropical vacation after high school. <laughs> but it, it was a great time. I had, uh, you know, really good time in the service. And I think I'd learned a lot. I mean, it, you know, I really learned about serving others. And a lot of the things that you see, I think, can be applied to uh, life as an investor. You know, things like you have to be disciplined. You know, it's, it's the markets will challenge you, but you have to stick with your disciplines. Um, things like don't panic. Uh, you can get hurt if you panic. You can get hurt in the military if you panic. You can get hurt as an investor if you panic. You also need to have a plan B in case things aren't going the way that you know they always want to go. And and sometimes, as we've learned in the military, sometimes you got to wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So hurry up and wait hurry is also wait. a common theme that we've seen <laughs> a lot. So uh, you know, it's it's these are the principles that apply. Um, we've got a lot of great things that we're going to be talking about and, and how it can be adapted to yourself as an investor. Uh, so. Again, stay disciplined, don't panic, have a plan B, and sometimes you got to wait. And if you need help with that, you know, America's Retirement Headquarters, Nolan Baker, the entire team, they're here for you. Just give a call to the number 419-794-3030. I know a couple of years ago you got involved with a local organization called Hooves, and just a couple of minutes we're going to speak with uh, Amanda Held from Hooves. Longtime listeners will know uh, she's been on the show before. But if you don't mind, before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about how and why you got involved? Yeah, absolutely. You know, personally being a veteran and serving uh, was a great way to learn 
about, again, service to others. Uh, a couple of years after I joined the Marine Corps, uh, my brother uh, ended up joining the Air Force, and uh, Chris went into the Air Force, and a, a month before 9-11, he got stationed at the Pentagon. Uh, so we all know, of course, what happened after 9-11 with the Pentagon getting struck. Luckily, Chris didn't get hurt there at the Pentagon. He actually ran into the building and uh, got a Commandant's Medal for rescuing and saving people. He put him in this personal vehicle and drove him to the hospital. Uh, but Chris had a lot of trauma, I think, from that event, had some trauma in life, and, and unfortunately uh, had ended up making a decision that he ended up taking his own life, and, mm -hmm. and unfortunately I lost my brother to suicide. So I had found out about Hooves locally, and I had found out about Amanda and what the impact that they're doing, and I think it was through an introduction that I had through the Boy Scouts of America and some friends that uh, knew about Hooves, and uh, I just absolutely fell in love with Hooves. I'm now the board president and have been so for a while, and we've got some incredible things that are going on. So again, if you're a veteran or you know a veteran or anybody in active duty, you'll want to really stay tuned uh, to today's show to talk about uh, some of the life-changing things that we're doing for folks you know, right here in Northwest Ohio. And in fact, there are some great things that you can get involved with. One of the things that we're working on right now is the Save the 22. It's our gun raffle. Uh, we've got some really cool guns that uh, we're going to be raffling off. Uh, uh, M1 Garand from World War II is uh, part of our collection. Uh, this is going to be taken down in a couple of weeks, and we're going to have it autographed by the Medal of Honor recipient, Staff Sergeant David Bellavia. So for as simple as a $22 donation to get you in the gun raffle and you get an opportunity to win you know, one of many guns that will be given away. That's leading up to what is called our Ruck for the Fallen. So if you're looking for something fun to do to get outdoors over our Memorial Day weekend, we've also got our Ruck for the Fallen coming up out there at our farm at Hooves. And those are the reasons that I got involved. Now, again, I am joined by uh, Amanda, who, you know, really created Hooves. And maybe if we jumped into that, Amanda, maybe for people who haven't heard your story, maybe if you tell them a little bit about Hooves and why you started the organization. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's always an honor to be here. And, and thank you for all you have done for Hooves. It's been uh, truly life-changing. But uh, Hooves has really been created from my own personal story with struggling with PTSD. And so when I had my struggle, unfortunately, uh, the clinical treatments didn't work for me and I was deemed treatment resistant. And I was basically told that for the rest of my life, I'd have to be heavily medicated and I would never have a quality of life and I needed to just kind of accept the little quality of life that I had. But one thing they do teach us in the military is perseverance and that really wasn't the answer that I was going to accept. So I decided to take myself outside of the clinical realm and look into my own personal self-healing. And it's one of the principles that we teach at Hooves is that nobody can heal you, you have to heal yourself. But what Hooves actually is, is the step-by-step -step blueprint that you can use to heal yourself. And I think that's why it works so well. So at a high level, our mission is enlisting rescued horses to help veterans transform post-traumatic stress into post-traumatic growth. We can't change what happened to you, but we can change how you perceive it. We can help you connect it to a purpose that in turn helps you go back and serve others. And, and like Nolan had mentioned, you know, a big part of what we do in the military is we serve. And then sometimes just having that taken away from us can create a, a huge void, um, which can lead us down a, a challenging path. So. Uh, we hold non-clinical four-day retreats out at our farm. We fly veterans in from all over the country. We help 70 veterans a year. It's a unique process that has a curriculum that teaches self-healing. And then we also have the opportunity to interact with these beautiful, amazing horses. And the magic of horses is really that they are what we call non-predatory herd animals, right? So. If you're a horse, your job in the wild is to blend in with the rest of your herd. If you're the one that stands out in any way, you're the one that becomes dinner for the wolf. So we enhance, or we, I say, capitalize on the, the natural survival instincts of a horse, and we put the horses in a group with the veterans, and what they're gonna immediately start to do is mirror, through mirror neurons, they're gonna mirror the behaviors that they see inside of the, the people. So we like to say, Horses will reflect the life inside of the human. And what that does is it takes all the pressure off of the participants to look at themselves. And we can just focus on the horses. So tell me what the horses are doing. How are they responding? What do the horses need? How can we help them? 
And in doing that, we create a really safe space for each individual person to come up with their own self-healing strategy. And then on the last day of the retreat, we take all of the wisdom from the horse and the insights that they've, they've learned, and we put it into a future plan. So we create a new mission and vision for life. And then after they come through the retreat, we mentor them for one year via Zoom meetings. And um, we have alumni mentors that help that process along. And once they get through one year of the program, they then can become a mentor and really create that ripple effect. So it's very powerful. Um, you know, I, I'm a humble steward of this work. It really, it saved my life. It transformed my life. I have been medication and symptom free for 12 years now. Um, so it's, it's very powerful and it does work. And I love it every time I get someone in that has been labeled treatment resistant, right? Because I, I don't believe that anybody's treatment resistant. I just believe that not everybody heals in the clinical way. So that's the gist. You know, those stories are very touching to me. I didn't have the pleasure of serving. I became familiar with Hooves when Nolan took our team out and did a team building retreat. It was probably one of the most touching experiences that I have had where I really got in touch with myself. So I can only imagine what happens with any of the veterans that you deal with, uh, with, with the PTSD. And, and my son actually had the opportunity to come out and he, um, he said, dad, I, he talked to me first beforehand. He says, dad, I'm, I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of horses. I says, don't worry, you've got this. And uh, when he came home, it was like, eye-opening for him too. So I commend you for what you do. I do have one question though. So when you were going through, uh, you know, what the doctors were telling you that, how did you find this avenue? I guess I'm curious as to know, how did you decide to go with the horses and hooves in, in that area? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I've been a lifelong equestrian and actually at the time that I, that I had my deep struggle, I was running, uh, I owned and operated a boarding and training facility. So uh, okay. my career was as a horse trainer, which I had had quite a bit of success in, but the emotional side of things I was, I did not have success in. Um, and, you know, really, we aren't a religious program, but really faith is at the foundation of everything that we do. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of one of those things where I ended up in the hospital. I was, you know, given this news and I just kind of said a prayer, like, God, I know that there's more for me. Can you please show me the way? Sure. And I feel like from the moment I said that prayer, like doors just started to open and open and open. Mm -hmm. and, and so just a couple of days after that, um, I had been randomly invited to go to this three-day healing retreat. And, um, you know, I was very shut down at the time. I was quite a bit of a different person than I am today. But this three-day transformational retreat, totally changed my life and, and got me on a path that I was able to get more healing sure. down the road. So, well, it's fantastic. Uh, uh, and I'm telling you, continue doing what you're doing because it's making a big difference out there for everybody that has the opportunity to come out and, and uh, experience it. Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, it was great last year too. So last year we had uh, 70 people that came out to our retreats. I think this year our goal is to try to uh, be able to reach 90 people. Uh, I think some other interesting statistics that are out there is it's a little over 40% of the people that come to the retreat are actually females. Uh, this year, we actually have a couple of retreats that are uh, dedicated towards family members. Uh, and so there, there's really, there's just so many different ways to get involved. And I know you also do a good job keeping track of the statistics, you know, such as some of the suicidal thoughts that they have, you know, before coming to the event and then after the event. Um, you know, it's obviously one of those things that, you know, I keep talking about if I could go back in time, do things over again. But, you know, if you look at my brother at the very end when he was really sick and shared that with me, and, you know, I'd never dealt with suicide before, so I obviously have learned a lot since then. But, you know, you're, you're reading the high medications that the doctors give them. And, and, you know, when one of the side effects is may cause suicidal thoughts, it's, you know, it's extremely scary on, you know, what the clinical results can do. And, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. I know for certain people that that does work. And there's, uh, you know, whatever, whatever we had to do to get that post you know, traumatic stress to change the post-traumatic growth is what our end goal is to do. Uh, and the, the results are just fantastic. And really with hooves, you know, what I would also say is it's been my experience, it, it takes literally a, a small army 
to make that run. You know, it's really kind of a grassroots campaign. We've, you know, we've been around long enough that we've got some great stability. We've got the beautiful property with the, the 35 acres. Uh, I think we have 31 uh, rescue horses and uh, a lot of other farm animals out there. And it's just, as Scott points out, it's such a great experience to come out. For those of you that are listening, you know, if you love and support veterans, I think one of the best things that you could do is just come out and see like what we have. And once you get on the farm, you really get the chance to experience some of the things that, you know, we do. The website address is hooves, that's H-O-O-V-E-S dot U-S. And if you click on the events tab, it'll highlight some of the events that we have. Uh, I was actually teaching class last night over at uh, Bowling Green State University. I was teaching a baby boomers class. And actually, one of the guys came up and he said, Hooves, oh my gosh, because yeah. I just started volunteering there. You know, so we have uh, different volunteering opportunities. And Amanda's husband, Justin, um, helps out a lot with that. He said he walked up to Justin and he thought, you know, there was going to be a regimented thing of here's the stuff that you have to do. And Justin said, hey, if you like using the chainsaw, here's the chainsaw. We need some of this stuff <laughs> chopped up. So, you know, whether it's, you know, working with some of the animals or keeping the property cleaned up or doing a lot of the different projects, we do that. Something else that we have actively been involved in is working with Boy Scouts of America. Again, I have an Eagle Scout and I have a, another son who's also still in Scouts. Uh, we have quite a few scouts that want to come out and do service work at our facility. And we have scouts that are also looking to do their Eagle project. So if you're considering uh, what type of Eagle project, I'd love to have a conversation with you, show you some of the ideas. Uh, I know one of the projects that we uh, enhanced was a campsite uh, with Chase and uh, building uh, that section. And now Chase serves in the, the United States Marine Corps. He's down, uh, down south serving our country today. Uh, we have uh, another scout that's working on his Eagle Scout project with uh, going to be building some lean-tos. Uh, we have another scout that's going to be working on uh, creating some fencing for uh, an area that we have on our garden. And uh, we also had then another Eagle Scout project that put a flag out front, so making that property beautiful when you drive by. You can get involved personally through volunteering. You can also get involved by coming out to some of the things that we do. So we do events that are uh, what we would refer to as Mini Monday. We also have events that are called Lunch and Learns. And then we also have a couple of events that are mixers. And uh, then after the four-day retreat, we also have a graduation ceremony that we do for the veterans that go through the program that week. So again, hooves.us, you can jump on there, click on the events tab, and uh, find out about some of the different events that we have coming up. Um, anything you'd want to talk about when you're thinking about different events that are coming up and, you know, other ways that people should get involved with hosts? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think one of the things that's really important for our listeners to know, if you're a veteran interested in this program, uh, these services are always provided at no cost to the veteran. So no veteran ever have or ever will pay for these services. Uh, we are uh, primarily a privately funded organization, which means for the last 10 years we have existed because of the generosity of our amazing community members and our volunteer staff that love our veterans and love our country. So those are two things that we we are really extremely thankful to be able to do and to have. Um, and then if you, maybe you aren't uh, in close proximity, but you still wanna help and get involved, what we actually have going on this year is called the Warrior Challenge. And so our costs are $2,200 per veteran to send them through this four-day all-inclusive uh, retreat and then mentor them for one year. And so what we've done on our website is we, we've actually uh, created a crowdfunding campaign where all you have to do is go on the website and register and we give you all the tools to be able to uh, raise your own funds to put one veteran through our retreat. So um, it's $2,200 and you get a link, you can post it on your social media, you can send it out if you have staff, if you have employees, uh, but uh, we just need a group of individuals to come together and that money absolutely saves a life. And uh, one of the things that I, I have with me today actually is a bracelet that I wear quite often and, and on this bracelet is a bullet and this bracelet was made for me via Hooves alumni. And, and this was actually the bullet that he had in his gun that he was gonna use to take his life uh, when his wife found Hooves. So this is really, really powerful. And so we've developed the Warrior Challenge so that people who do wanna help who are not in close proximity, or even if you are, and you wanna help save the life of a veteran, we've made it really easy for you to do. And one of the things we say often is many hands make light work. 
So if that's something that you, your company would like to do, or you as a community member would like to do, upon the completion of the Warrior Challenge, when you get to the $2,200, you actually receive a challenge coin. And in the military, coins are a really big deal to us. Anytime you do something exemplary, uh, you're, you're coined. So you receive a coin and you receive a plaque, and you also have the opportunity to come out and meet the veteran whose life you saved at our retreat graduation. So it's a really powerful way to get involved. It does save a life. It impacts our organization greatly. And it's fun and it helps you get your friends or your community or your workplace involved. So if you want more information, uh, please feel free to reach out, send us an email, and we can get that to you. Yeah, again, got the links uh, to hooves.us. You can get that information there. Reach out to us, send us an email. But Scott, you were going to say something? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Amanda, one of the things that I thought was really, really powerful, it helped me because I knew I was helping someone else. I'm a talker. Everybody knows I'm a talker, right? <laughs> um, but I went around and I talked to some of the veterans you had there that were helping us. You know, I remember we made a pen on a lathe and that. And um, and I stood there talking with the guys and going, just, just have a casual conversation. And I could see they came to life. I could see that and that really impacted me you know the horses were awesome and the whole facility is amazing um but talking to some of the veterans that were going through the program uh, just to hear their stories a little bit was pretty powerful so you know you may not think you can make a difference but believe me you can and it may be a twofold difference you may not realize that that something's eating at you personally whether you're a veteran or not mm -hmm. um and helping and reaching out gives you a sense of of uh, satisfaction and and gratitude to help other people so that's the one thing that i just wanted to add because you could tell that the guys really lit up and they were more than willing to talk and i know that that helped them as well absolutely and that's a great point thank you so much for bringing that up you know another thing we say out at the farm is the second step of healing is serving so uh, after people do complete their one year of mentorship, if they have a gift that they'd like to share with the community, we're also kind of like an incubator for them to be able to give back. And mm -hmm. so like this week, uh, we're working with the children from the YMCA. So okay, they've come sure. out three days this week. And I have Kelly, who's an alumni, and then Six, who's also an alumni. And they are running the youth program for that. Um, I know we also potentially have a, that Anthony Wayne hockey team coming out. Sure. Um, so we have all these opportunities to reach the community. And we love to empower the veterans to do that because you're right, it does, it, it lights them up and um, finding purpose and serving is just such a big part of our process that we, anytime you attend something at our farm, you are absolutely helping in that secondary way, for sure. Here's a question I have. There are several other organizations out there that help troubled kids and, and adults. And, and uh, I, I personally don't think there's near enough to help with mental illness and, and all of the, the pains and sufferings that happen with that. Do you communicate with other organizations? Let me give you an example. Let's say that I know of a young boy or girl that's really struggling i know you i know your organization i can reach out to you and say hey amanda i've got this young 16 year old that's really struggling with some issues where should i go to help him do you deal with any other organizations like that where you would refer people to yes absolutely uh, we are so collaborative and we love any opportunity that we can get to partner with another organization it just it enhances our footprint, their footprint, the ripple effect. So um, I, I will collaborate or partner with, with anyone in the community. And that's a big part of it too. Maybe somebody comes through the retreat and they like the horses, but maybe they're really impassioned to work with children. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're, we, maybe if volunteering at Hooves isn't the best fit for them, we can send them to the Boys and Girls Club or Partners in Education Perfect. or Leadership Toledo. So we, we're always looking for resources to channel people to so that we can spread that footprint. Awesome. To me personally, uh, the farm is my happy place. Uh, so you really can't see what we have until you come out and experience a uh, host firsthand. We do have some upcoming events that we'd love to have you come out. Um, you know, and uh, again, if you go to hooves.us, click on events, those are the different dates on events that we have coming out to, to check a couple of things out. Um, there's no small impact that you can make every Thing that you can do makes a big impact a long way so the statistic is still terrible it's 22 veterans a day are committing suicide and you know we together can help try and stop that as best as possible if we all again as a community band together to help out and thank those who served us um, 
as simple as $22 to make uh, a donation to buy one of the raffle tickets. And hey, maybe you get lucky. Uh, there's some great raffle items. We've got uh, uh, quite a few different weapons that we'll be auctioning off in our Save the 22 raffle. Um, so again, $22 uh, for a raffle ticket. I also would point out that the overwhelming lion's share of the money that supports Hooves is by local businesses and families and individuals. And I think that's one of the things that makes our organization fairly unique. But I would still uh, love to give a shout out to the Lucas County Veterans Service Organization and thank them uh, specifically for their support in helping us out. Uh, recently through their donation, we were able to launch another program, which is called the Miles of Freedom. Uh, maybe if you have a minute, if you could touch on uh, what that program's about. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we do in our retreats, as I mentioned at the end, was we ask people to create a new mission and vision and purpose for life. And so not only do we have these retreats for the veterans, but we have these retreats for spouses as well. And so my husband actually went through the spouses retreat last year as an alumni, but even when the alumni come back through, they're always doing the work. So at the end of his retreat, he wrote a mission and vision to have a cycling program that helps veterans uh, overcome addiction, um, as my husband did. So, uh, and one of the things we say too is it's a very short time from when these people create these missions and visions and doors open and all these serendipitous divine opportunities start. So he wrote this plan at the retreat, not even really thinking it would come true or you know putting any merit into it. And six months later, he received a grant from the Lucas County Veterans Service Commission to launch his dream program. And so what it is, is it's adventure cycling. And the program actually starts this Thursday. And so he's taking uh, three veterans through this program and they are going to get together every week and they're going to plan these adventure bike packing trips and so they'll start with just weekly rides and then move up to weekend uh, bike packing adventures and they're actually going to end in September they are going to ride from Pittsburgh to Washington DC wow. on the Allegheny Passage and then they're going to end their finale trip with a tour uh, around DC and they're going to hit the monuments and Arlington Cemetery and things like that so really really powerful um, bike packing is something that helped my husband in recovery so he's been sober for three years now um, and then his purpose or his second step of healing is to share this with other veterans who are also interested. And we have uh, a couple of the Hooves alumni have jumped into the program, and then we've got a couple of new people. So that's been really cool for him. Uh, if you're listening to us on WSPD Radio, uh, again, uh, you could just jump online at hooves.us or uh, make sure that you reach out to Amanda or myself. Um, we'd be more than happy to get you plugged in to all the great things that we have coming up and uh, it's going to be a busy season retreat season is officially here and upon us so we're excited to help uh, a lot more uh, local and veterans from all over the u.s this year awesome man thanks so much for joining us again this week uh, america's retirement headquarters and hooves both committed to the 419 hooves obviously committed to the the veterans uh, a very very noble cause to find out more like they said hooves.us is the website and america's retirement headquarters.com is the website if you have questions or concerns concerning your retirement. I want to thank you so much for joining us this week here on America's Retirement Headquarters. Once again, the number 419-794-3030. Please have a great week. Have a safe week out there. And as we wind down, guys, I want to leave you with the final word. Yeah, just enjoy it and uh, make sure you get ready for uh, Memorial Day weekend. And uh, we'd love to have you spend a little bit of time with us at uh, Rockford and Fallen. So come on out. And in the meantime, have a great week. We look forward to seeing everybody back next week. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.